I'm Keaton Fletcher, an assistant professor of industrial organizational psychology at Colorado State University, and this is Healthy Work. All right, and we're back for another episode of Healthy Work, and we're going to be talking about a topic that I honestly never expected to come up in IO Psychology, but I'm so happy it did because I think it's really important, and that's air pollution. Our guest today uh, has a really cool paper recently published, um, so I'm going to get out of the way and let you introduce yourself. Hi, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to talk about my research. So my name is uh, Osama Khan. Um, I just recently graduated from the University of Washington with a PhD in organizational behavior. And currently I am working as an assistant professor of organizational behavior at the London Business School. My research uh, broadly looks at some of the pressing challenges that the world faces today. And by pressing, I mean things like climate change, poverty, inequality, and how those mega events or those mega grand challenges, they affect people's work life. So as part of that, I do work like the effect of climate change related factors like air pollution, heat waves, and how that affect people's daily work, like their leadership, their work family conflict, for example. And on the other side, I look at phenomena such as poverty and looking at how we can you know, use different lenses to understand this phenomenon of poverty alleviation, how we can help people in poverty uh, live a dignified life. And then also, like, for example, how people, uh, I just finished a data collection for a project on food insecurity in, in Pakistan and how food insecurity is related to people's work. So yeah, that's generally the the sort of projects that I'm working on. That's such impactful work. And I just thank you in advance for doing all that really cool research on really meaningful topics that I think are understudied in IO psychology broadly. And I'm just so happy that someone uh, is doing this research and bringing it into our field because it is, it does impact our work and our, our working lives. And it's very important. The paper specifically I wanted to have you talk about is recently published in the Journal of Applied Psychology about the impact of air pollution on leadership behavior, right? And so if you could just tell us about that paper, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that was my first publication. So it's really close to my heart as well. But that project looks at this phenomena of how air pollution affects people's leadership. Now, those things would seem like totally unrelated, like how would air pollution affect people's leadership? But I, I grew up in Lahore. And when you are in a in a place where there's like air pollution levels are so high that you're struggling to breathe a lot of times, then it's not really hard to see how air pollution would affect people's leadership. So in this project, we looked at leaders and their followers in India. So this project looked at when leaders experience high air pollution, how does that affect them emotionally and physically? And then as a result, how does that affect their behavior with their followers. Now, what we did in this study was that we looked at remote teams. So the leaders and the followers were actually based in different cities in India. So the leader, for example, might be based in Delhi, New Delhi, and the followers might be based in Bangalore. They might be based in Mumbai, but they are working remotely. So we surveyed leaders and their followers for 10 consecutive days. And we basically asked them questions around how bad was the air pollution today? And then how are you feeling? Questions about emotions, questions about their physical well-being. And then we ask the followers on the same day to rate the behavior of their leaders. And so what we found in a nutshell was that when leaders, they experience higher pollution, 
on that given day they are emotionally and physically impacted they experience more physical symptoms of air pollution like coughing like struggling to breathe like difficulty like irritation in their eyes and they also feel like emotionally upset high negative affect and because of those two uh, you know changes in their experience the followers rated those same leaders as being more abusive and being more withdrawn on those same days so that was like really in a sense surprising for us as well because typically when you think of air pollution you would think that hey you know if somebody is sitting in new delhi then the air pollution only affects them but then we found that because of this you know crossover effect which means that because leaders influence their followers people sitting in a, or working in a different city which might be a thousand miles away they are still affected through a change in behavior of those of their leaders so that in a nutshell is our paper i just find that so fascinating and you know when you explained sort of your personal experience and then also you know the symptoms that people are experiencing of course this makes sense that that would air pollution is going to impact your ability to sort of regulate your behavior and you're going to be more likely to engage in abusive supervision but i think just making that leap and studying it in the first place is so cool and as you said your study the followers were in a different location than the leaders right so it wasn't that everyone was experiencing worse air pollution on that day that they're is geographical separation between them too so it can't be like we're all just having a bad day right yeah that was like the reason why we actually went with remote teams because we were like hey you know if everybody's in the same location then everybody is exposed to the same level of bad air pollution so it might just be that the followers are having a bad day because of air pollution and they just attribute that to their leader so we decided to you know separate those effects by having followers in different cities than the leader but then as i think as a byproduct of that i think we found that this is a thing that could affect people who work in remote work you know it's not about new delhi it could be like you know somebody in new york when the sky turns red because of air pollution and then their followers are in colorado and you know they're still experiencing those effects wow yeah very interconnected world so my next question for you is, if I'm a manager or really any employee, what can I do with this? Air pollution seems so big. How do I use this to better employees' lives? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, in what we did in our study was, so we looked at both what I would say here, the objective level of air pollution. So we measured like the AQI on any given day when we did the did the study. But we also asked people to you know, answer questions on how they thought the air pollution was on that day. So air pollution appraisals, right? Was the air pollution bad? Was it you know, severe, et cetera? And so our results are on the whole consistent, whether we use the objective or the subjective. But then given that we focus on this subjective experience of air pollution, so I think that's really powerful because what that suggests is that even if air pollution is very high, if you are able to perceive that, and actually reappraise that and not think of that as a threat to yourself but actually use that awareness to make changes in your how you regulate your emotions how you take care of your physical well-being you know on that personal level you can actually psychologically be protected from some of those negative effects so for example if you notice that there's a lot of air pollution that might be a good day to wear a mask which actually can block some of those those air pollution particles or just being aware that this is a day when you're likely to feel more upset 
and you will need to emotionally regulate yourself so that you can you know monitor your interactions with the followers so that's on the level of the leaders but then on i think there is also implications for like organizations and managers in the sense that you know we should be more proactive in um allowing people to for example work from home when you know there's our high pollution day so this is for example one strategy that the government in pakistan is doing that currently when there's a lot of air pollution so they've actually mandated that employees work from home for those two days when the air pollution is really high and also like making it easier for employees for example to even like you know be flexible with when they come to office so with my experience with air pollution growing up in pakistan is that because of this phenomenon of temperature inversion the air pollution tends to be really high when it, the weather is colder so early in the morning for example or or maybe early in the evening that is you know when the um, air pollution tends to be really bad so you know allowing, allowing employees to choose when they can come and go from work if they have to you know travel and then you know being more flexible with creating like for example sick days related to air pollution right so if there's air pollution is bad somebody is not feeling well then that should be a valid and legitimate excuse for them to not show up to work on that day all impactful choices there i think what's really interesting is that we you know having done this uh and interviewed a bunch of people now at this point some of the best practices can tend to be best practices regardless of the stressor right so we're providing flexibility to employees to make decisions based on their experience with air pollution here we're helping employees better self-regulate their emotion or reappraise and understand that they might need a little bit of grace or a little bit more cognitive effort in order to not lash out to their uh, subordinates or followers. And we see that those themes come up in other contexts too with different stressors. And it's just so interesting that something like air pollution, the same sorts of behaviors that we know are effective in maintaining and protecting employee, at least psychological health and well-being, are effective here. Was there anything that surprised you while you were doing this work? Yeah. I mean, I think, as I said, the surprise was, again, this uh, not really, to be honest, that, you know, we didn't start this project thinking that this is about remote teams and people working, you know, from different locations. Uh, but then the fact that, you know, the results supported that idea that people can be in different locations in the world and still be affected by climate change and air pollution and heat waves. So that was, I think, something that really was surprising for us because, I mean, climate change is something that, you know, is starting to affect people more in some locations than others, even though, I mean, the whole world is experiencing them, but there are certain places where there's more of an effect. And so we would say that, hey, you know, I'm not in that area where air pollution is really bad, so I should be okay. But then people might still experience those crossover effects because somebody else, you know, we looked at leaders, but it could be like, you know, your colleague is, you know, in an area traveling for work where there's higher pollution. And so on that day, if you need to remote work with them, then, you know, that that might affect your your relationship and how you work together on that day. In such an interconnected and global economy, I think it really does make sense, but it's not necessarily intuitive that these major events or major 
um, stressors in other areas of the world that feel so far removed can have direct impact, or I guess technically indirect impact on our personal lives, right? Wildfires in California, uh, you know, could impact the way that I'm feeling in Colorado. I mean, certainly through the <laughs> movement of air, but also like if I have a colleague in California who's just rude to me and I wouldn't have made that connection without this paper. And I just think that's so important. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously this effect of like crossover, but in some of my other ongoing work, we've looked at how air pollution affects work family conflict. And again, that seems surprising. But then, you know, when we studied this, you know, and we were able to replicate this in Pakistan and we did replicate this in the US, that if, for example, you are in a place where there's high pollution and then you go home and then you have a family, then you're more likely to have conflict with your family on that day, even though, you know, those particular family members might not have been affected by the air pollution. Um, and so we found this consistently in like three studies. Uh, we had a Twitter study, we had a online experiment, we had a daily diary study in Pakistan that when employees experience air pollution at work, they go home and then, you know, they experience greater conflict with their family. So I think this is like, yes, it affects people internationally, but it's also closer to home. Well, um, why do you do this work? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, and we talked about this briefly at the start. So I grew up in in Pakistan, in, in the city of Lahore. And since, I mean, I can remember at least a decade, you know, every every time when it's winter, like especially October onwards, October to February, March, during the colder months, the air pollution is so bad. Lahore is like, there's a competition with New Delhi to be like the worst air polluted city in the world. Just experiencing that on a daily basis when you wake up and you see that thick smog in the air and it smells like burnt plastic and it, it irritates your eyes, you struggle to breathe. And then, you know, you're coughing and there's like people who are all around you who are experiencing something similar and it's like living in, in that big gas chamber there's no way to go you know that really affects you on every day it's in your face and it really makes it difficult for you to function normally uh, and so that was my experience growing up you know that was a normal day in the winter and even though like air pollution is bad in the summer like it's still like 40 times past the who recommended limit but then since it's not you know as visually obvious or salient people just go on with their daily lives but then in the winter it's like really hits you so when i came to the us i mean it was like surprise because hey you could see like as far as three miles into the horizon in like if you're in like new delhi or lahore you can hardly see like a few hundred meters because it's so bad so that just made me question about hey I, you know, I just ex lived through that for 10 years and there are like hundreds of millions of people who do that every day and nobody here knows about that, even thought that that's something that can affect their work because, you know, it's not as bad yet. So then I started exploring this area of, uh, and part of the reason was that Pakistan and generally South Asia is ranked as one of the most severely affected areas by climate change so you know droughts floods whatnot one of those areas where climate change is expected to have the most negative consequences 
so yeah that's that was the daily reality that i grew up in and so you know it was just you know obvious for me that this should affect and this should be something that we should study well thank you so much for both your time but also doing this really impactful work and making some steps to i i think addressing this i, I always think that data help us make stronger cases for change and uh, certainly change at the individual level things that we can do to protect ourselves and those we care about. So again, thank you. And um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure talking and yeah, I would love to come again. Bye. Healthy Work is a podcast written and produced by Keaton Fletcher and Mariana Arvon, mixed and edited by Keaton Fletcher, artwork by Keaton Fletcher, and our music is Zero Micro Song by Steve Combs. Please like us, follow us, and subscribe on whatever podcatching software you use, and leave a review in the iTunes store. It really does help get us out there.